0: Welcome to the show. We hope you have a blast. Thanks for making time for the Dealer Talk Podcast.
1: What up? Welcome to another episode of the Dealer Talk Podcast. This is your host, Herb Anderson. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today's session is going to be super informative. So make sure to tune in all the way through. Lots of good information here, especially I foresee it to be information that's going to be very relevant to the times. So without further ado, the guest. For
0: today is Mr. Excuse me, Eric Mills. Yeah, it's great to be here. Uh, fortunately, everything is going well personally. Uh, everything's going well with the family. Everybody's healthy. Uh, business has been well uh, going well. Fortunately, um, you know a lot of clients are doing well. The Industry has turned around. So again, very thankful. Uh, just very fortunate for the way things have been going and, uh, you know, just taking it day by day and trying to make, uh, trying to make things better. And honestly, just trying to learn a lot from everything we've been going through. You know, that's what we've got to do right now.
1: Yeah, no, I totally get it. And, uh, I agree, man. I'm definitely excited to have a conversation with you. Lots and lots of good stuff happening, but at the same time, we're starting to see a little bit of a shift, uh, in activity that has me a little alert, and um, interested to get your take. So, um, I usually kick things off with uh, with experience, right? Your background. Let us know what you've been up to, what you've been doing. Um, so, kick us off with that.
0: Yeah. So, long story short, I, I've been in the industry for my God, I don't even know fifteen years plus or so. Um, and I got my I cut my teeth in the industry originally um, with a used car superstore. I was very fortunate to be a part of. We turned that into the number one independent used car store in the country. Um, After that, got involved with uh, some individual consulting. And then I was fortunate enough to actually have the opportunity to work with my first CEO from the first group and uh, helped him start another smaller version of what we originally launched. And we launched uh, four dealerships, uh, again, on the independent side. We did that about four years ago. And coincidentally enough, that was literally around the same time that we started Dealer Teamwork and launched that with a couple of my friends in the industry. And um, yeah, we had a nice little vision to start off with creating something that would help dealers. Never really anticipated it uh, doing, you know, getting as big as we are right now. But um, we're fortunate enough to uh, again uh, just to have some decent success and offer up some great solutions for dealers that you know, ultimately help them with some of their biggest marketing problems. So again, just that's a little bit what you know, a little bit of the background. But you know, short term, you know, what we've been doing since COVID started, uh, like I said before, just learning, just learning what's going on in the industry. As you said, things are things are crazy, things are changing. And so we've tried to learn a lot from that and just pay attention to what those main factors are. And you know, that's hopefully we can get into some of that stuff today.
1: Yeah, no, for sure, man. I'm definitely looking forward to that. Um, I want to start talking, you know, I want to start this conversation talking about Google, my business, because I've seen some of the stuff that you guys do for that. I have tons of questions about it. As a matter of fact, I'm actually in the midst of uh, um, educational debate with, with one of the groups that I that I work with on it. And I would just love to get your perspective on a couple things. Uh, 50,000 view. Why is Google my business so important in 2020 in a covid uh,
0: type landscape? That's an awesome question. And well first let's let's take a look at that high level overview, okay? About 85, 86, 87% depending on which study you look at. Yeah, you know, let's just leave it at There's a lot of people out there. Their first their first activity online is to look for a local business. That's what they're doing. Plain and simple. I don't care what device you want to talk about. I don't care where they're located. That's their activity. That's what they end up doing. And then, uh, again, depending on what study you want to refer back to, but let's just leave it very simple, high-level overview is, you know, usually within about 72 hours, people wind up visiting that business, okay? So now that we've set the premise, it's real simple to say that, well, logically, your business needs to be visible, obviously, on Google, okay? And, uh, you know, going from there, you know, we, ne- we know the next logical step again is, that business needs to be uh, needs to be found. Well, how do you do that? And that's where most businesses struggle. They don't understand, obviously, the, the consumer behavior. They don't understand the segment that the traffic is coming from. And they, they lack the ability, even if they do know that people are actually going to the Google My Business, again, whether it's on desktop, laptop, whatever, they don't realize that they're missing out on the opportunity to actually track that. The way I like to say it is this we used to take a look at hey bob your your organic traffic is up or your organic traffic is down they don't realize that there's an opportunity to simply break it down and say well your organic traffic is also made up of your google my business traffic and we can actually track that and from there we can actually track what they're clicking on what they're doing in there and they don't and on mm-hmm. top of that those other items like your reputation management you know meaning the reviews and the other features now that Google is slowly starting to talk about and introduce, and we'll talk about those as well. But just in terms of being able to understand how you can actually drill down and, and measure and quantify that activity and how that relates to not only the true customer activity, but where they're going, what they're doing, you know, how that affects your brand, and uh, ultimately the decisions that you make on the rest of your marketing campaign.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I like that. And I want to, I definitely want to develop a couple of points here. Let's start with, with, um, relevancy, right? Mm -hmm. Because, um, I did a a breakout session in NADA. Was it earlier this year? I feel like it was earlier this year. Maybe it was late last year, you know, with everything going on. (laughs) Um, but um, yeah, I think it was in February of this of this year. But anyway, so um, one of the things that they talked about is that a lot of your your ranking and relevancy is going to come eighty percent or something like that, where the numbers is going to come from from your GMB, right? Because that information, how Google interprets that information and compares to, uh, um, you know, local directory listings, your website and all those things, they're really looking at that stuff to make sure that that information kind of is in line. And if so, then you get you reward. And if it's not, then it, you may, you may, there may, there may be some penalties there. What is, um, wh- why is it important for us to, you know, right now, you know, to have that? I mean, is that true? Do you see that? um being more of a of a a push from google
0: yeah absolutely so again let's let's break it down very simple for everybody at home and in terms of what google their main job is and again if you look at it on a very basic basis like that google has one job for certain for the local you know for local market shoppers and that's they need to deliver good relevant information and they need to show them the businesses that are actually near them and i read a while a, a, probably a couple years ago that was literally how google described it their job was to deliver the best local results for businesses that are near that shopper at that moment okay so most importantly uh, you know obviously from a mobile device as well especially when you're out and about or even if you are on your your device at home you still want to be able to find the best business that's near you at that moment. So, how does Google do that? They just simply need to find that business information, okay? And that business information, what does that consist of? Name, address, phone number, business description, and now there's all these other signals that can they can essentially give Google what they're looking for on that list of let's just break let's just say you know, Obviously, we know there's uh, several dozen of them, if not more, but we know that there's at least 10 of them that we can run through very, very simply, starting, obviously, with a, ver- a claimed and verified profile. Uh, now, most businesses are at the point where they are every once in a while. I'm sure you've seen it, too, where you have a dealership that, like I said, unfortunately, they don't have it verified or they don't have access to it and it's not claimed. So that's, that's the first step. And then after that we can run through all those other items you mentioned uh you already mentioned obviously the directories so you know there's citations and then there's review sites and there's two different buckets so you have things like Yelp you have things like uh, regional directories like a yp.com or Yelpages.com. those fall into those categories now I don't know if you've ever tried to manage those individually and man- and do that I did that originally in one of our one of our dealerships oh my God, that was the bane of my existence. It was, you know, it's like, I, I like to describe it as painting a bridge, get uh-huh. to the to start back over and it's never done, you know, and it's very, very hard. Thankfully, there are uh, there are a ton of tools out there that allow for that and being able to use those obviously uh, consistently and, and accurately. So it just simply runs seamlessly behind the scenes. But again, knowing that that's a piece of it. Yeah, uh, again, um, you know, being able to, uh, you know, again, to address your original question, the relevancy is the key. That's all the theme is, and that's all everybody needs to understand. You need to add that consistency uh, and, and that accuracy, so you can deliver the relevancy that Google is looking for. Because again, that's what Google's job, very simply, is—you know—is designed to do: is just deliver those results like that.
1: Yeah, and well, well, think about it. I would take that a, a, even a step further, um, Eric, and say that their job is is do that, but at the same time, keep people on Google as long as possible. Right. Eventually, you're going to see inventory on the Google feed. That's 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 Mm -hmm. what I think is next. Right. You're going to see the inventory right there. You're not even going to have to go to the website in in a lot of the cases because everything's going to be scrolling. You'll have videos you'll have. They're going to do everything in their power to try to keep you on there as long as possible. And so. You know, before we leave this, I want to talk a little bit more about the directories because it's one of those things that I'm currently debating with uh, with uh, with with this group that I'm working with right now. Um, is it really? Does it impact your SEO? Does it, or maybe maybe not SEO, but does it impact your ranking? Does it impact? You know what I mean? What's the impact? Because if you have a lot of the, the here's here's a let me back up. Here's a, mm-hmm. here's a debate. Well, you know, it's relevant for us to update our information there because nobody's ever going to go there to look for a car. I know that, you know, nobody's going to go to, you know, um, I don't know whatever local listing is to look for a piece of inventory. But Google's going to look at that listing, and they're going to be like, okay, does this information match this information over here? And if it does, then it, it creates strength. If it if it's the same name but the wrong phone number and the wrong address then it, Google's like, well, this this here says it's this, but this over here says it's that, and now it's not, I don't trust it as much.
0: Is that is that accurate? Yeah, absolutely. Now they have said over the last couple of years that the the weighting, let's just call it the weighting factor, um, the the amount that it does impact, it may have been lessened, but nonetheless, it's still among the top 10 ranking factors that Google lists out there. Now, how much it impacts it, who knows? But the fact remains, Google has simply said, this is part of our top 10 uh, local ranking factors. So I've always subscribed to the belief that if Google has it on a list and they've already claimed it as being important uh, at, that cor- at that moment in time, yes, that, that is something that we should pay attention to. Um, you, know, you and I are never gonna be able to outsmart Google, no matter how hard we try and come up with a different way to try to uh, influence it. But if that's what they said, I'm going to follow it. And I know firsthand, you know, just from doing thousands and thousands of Google My Business profiles over my career, that those profiles that I neglect those elements from, or the dealers that don't move forward with those type of efforts, uh, you know, we we have clearly seen the impact that those things have on it. And there's, again, it's not just that. So, I, you know, to your point, I think if we just had a Google My Business profile and we were able to make a, a, a side-by-side you know, test case where all we did was just directories versus one with directories and all the other items on that top 10 list, clearly those items, that, those those profiles that we did with all the, the items on the list would clearly stand out. You know, For instance, you know, just the reviews alone. We know that you know, Google has said that the pace at which you get positive reviews, that's a ranking factor. Well, on top of that, responding to reviews, not just the negative ones, not just the positive ones, everything. That's a ranking factor. And then hidden into both of those actually is the ability to include keywords or just more relevant terms and phrases in there. And here's the kicker. It's very, very tough, obviously, to get your make model, like for instance, Ford F-150 or your dealership name. You, don't, you can't control that from the customer standpoint. You might be able to coach them, whether they do it or not, to them. But if you do get it, that's why Google puts the emphasis on it. And my, th- I, I've been saying this now for quite a while as well. If Google gives us a box to fill in content, again, they're going to use a portion of that uh, right. as a signal. So now here's the here's where it gets interesting. You get a review response. What do most dealers do? They say they get a nice review and then they wind up replying with, hey, thanks for shopping with us. We hope you enjoy your new car. They leave it at that. You know, and then they you know maybe a sign off from there, maybe the GM's name. Again, doing the right things, but now you can actually go a little bit further. Imagine instead of that blanket response that I just said was, you know, you can do something along the lines of, um, yeah, hey Bob, thanks for buying your 2021 Ford F-150 XLT, you know, at uh, at Mel Hamilton Ford, you know, in Wichita, Kansas. Now you just got everything in there. You got your location, you got your your brand name, you got your make model, those all contribute to it. And I have seen that actually work out in favor obviously of a local search when somebody starts typing in, you know, something like, uh, you know, Ford dealership, Wichita, Kansas. Now, if somebody does a search like that in that market, now again, I have the proof where somebody has done that search and you've got the screenshot and in there you can see where they highlight obviously the keywords and it's a keyword that came literally from the review response so that they're, they're, they're clearly showing you what they're looking for what drove that response and pushed that up to the top in the map pack so it, the the stuff obviously does work and I, i've seen it numerous times so all of these things again in conjunction working together that's how you create your you know if they answer your question that's how you create the relevancy
1: Yeah, man. And and yeah, I just kind of, I want to harp on this a little bit more because I just, it's very frustrating to me when we, when I have these conversations with with dealerships and people in the dealership and they don't, they don't put those things together. And you said something right now that's very powerful. If the, if the area is there for you to create and put your information on there, why would you not have it correctly? Like, I do not understand. Even let's just say, let's just say that one deal comes off of that. Forget Google and ranking and all that stuff, which de- which definitely impacts. But forget all that. Let's just say that you can get one deal off of it. Is it not worth it? Like, wh- I mean, why can't we? Wh- I, I don't understand. Like, why are we making this? We're we're making this a lot more complicated than it has to be. Just put your information ac- accurately wherever you can. It's just good business. Um, you know what I mean? Like, I don't understand why we're so, so we're fighting this so much.
0: Yeah, there, there tends to be those um, those blind arguments like that that are just quite pointless, in my opinion. But, you know, again, to the point I'm making is, uh, you know, if that box is there, leverage it. And here's what's even better. I don't know if a lot of people realize this, but in, say, for instance, the business description at the bottom of your profile, they literally tell you in the profile 750 characters, again, there's a reason for that. They want, to, they want to give you the guidance from the user experience to be able to obviously tell you how many characters go in. But that's also a spot to understand, hey, you know what? My standard profile that I just copied from my About Us page on my website is only 275. Well, if you've got the rest of the character space there, again, use it. Same thing in the product section, too. You know, they let you now create this product section on, on the profiles as well. And what do you get within there? You get a mini card. I like to call it like a like a lower level page inside your local landing page. And what do you get in that? You get a thousand characters in that space. And it's you'd be amazed, obviously, and I'm sure you've seen it. People will put in there, you know, make and model the car. Here's the price. That's it. Then you get this big gap. And again, you are missing out on opportunity to be able to add more relevance to it. And it's free. That's the <laughs> other thing. I don't get it, man. It's free. (laughs) Oh my God. It's crazy. So here's the other side of it. You know, for years we've been hearing about now, since the addition of featured snippets and uh, you know, people also ask sections and the different carousels between video and images and all the other stuff that now occupies page one that can, that essentially contribute to this phenomenon known as zero click search. Well, I, I think there's a happy medium to be uh, to be met with regards to optimizing the, the Google My Business profile properly. And we should simply call it a one-click search because they're searching for your, either your brand or for well, you know, what we call a discovery search. You know, used car dealer near me or Ford service near me, whatever. And so what comes up? Hopefully, if it's optimized properly, the, the dealer's GMB page will come up. There's your local landing page, as I like to call it. Well, now, if it's done properly, you have everything that they possibly need. Because, again, if it's just a, uh, you know, think about it like this. If, you, if it's just a, a dealership search, you know, again, Bob Smith, Ford, or whatever it is, you don't necessarily know what their intent is, as I put it. Mm-hmm. Well, if it's done properly, you've just given them the opportunity to do a one-click search. You know, read a review, leave a review, um, get directions, call schedule an appointment, click through the website, obviously to look for more info. Um, you know, obviously you can do the menu link, go to a specific landing page. Um, you know, now you've got the Q and A section as well. Uh, I've been leveraging that. That's the, that's the newest addition to the list as well. Uh, one of my favorite things to do is just create general content, you know, around the top 10 questions that each department wouldn't naturally, uh, naturally um, experience. Why not take those? You're already done the effort to answer them, put them on the website, strip it down even more, put it in the Q&A section inside the GMB. That's a simple way to fill up more content boxes. And again, they don't put any limit on that. They don't put it on uh, how many you can add in there. Most dealers don't even realize they have the Q&A on there. And they if they do see it, they don't realize that they can answer it. So again, more boxes, more content, more opportunities for relevancy. Yeah. And then the other thing too, dude,
1: like think about it this way. Your competitors aren't doing it. The majority of your competitors aren't doing it. So if you do it, you know what I mean? If you're the one that does it, even if it just, you know, pushes you, nudges you just a little bit, is that not worth it?
0: Absolutely. You know what I
1: mean? Like, let's take advantage of it now because once it it becomes like a mandatory thing or Google starts charging for it or all these things, now everybody's going to be doing it. And that competitive advantage is going to be gone. You know what I mean? So I don't understand why yeah. Like, why are we fighting this? I don't, I don't, I don't get it. You know what I mean? Like anyway. Um, so what about, what would you say to, cause this is the other thing that I, that I hear a lot, um, with this group in particular and just with, with, with stores that when, when I have conversations, well, you know, these companies just want to charge you for it. So they make the stuff up, you know what I mean? So, you know, because otherwise they won't be able to, to charge you money. What, yeah. what is your, have you heard that? Like, what is your argument to that?
0: Oh, of course. The, the, I think the most commonly asked question is just simply, "What are you doing?" and and I think that that's our responsibility, obviously, to just simply explain it a little bit simpler, like we like you know, basically like we're doing here. It just needs to be a very straightforward, honest, and transparent um, you know, conversation about. A, why it's important, you know, you know, what is it? Why is it important? And obviously what makes me different about why you should have, you know, why you should entrust me, you know, with that portion of it. And I think what helps is obviously the, you know, some of the experience that I can bring to the table with regards to, again, doing it myself. I tried this manually. I tried to do this by hand for multiple stores, still had decent success with it, but it never got to the level of my own personal expectations. Then you throw in that whole extra layer about what is it? that's actually making this tick behind the scenes. And it's simple, The like we said before, the rules that Google has in place, why are they making, you know, why does is, why is this important? And why is Google, you know, stressing this? Um, yeah, you know, and again, I, I liked how you put it before, Google's got more stuff coming out. So why not take advantage of this now? And why are you fighting it? Um, what's going to happen, um, think about what happened several years back when, Social finally started to become an acceptable, uh, an acceptable mass, you know, mass acceptance level. Well, you still had those dealers that were fighting it, you know. And even longer back than that, you had dealers fighting mobile. And then even before that, you had dealers fighting the internet. And at each phase of that progression, uh, of you know the natural progression, there were always those those late adopters and those fighters. Well, every single time that happened in history, you go back and recount the opportunities that were there but you can also count uh, the number of times the, the the dealers finally woke up and realized oh i i missed moving to a responsive website oh i missed going to you know more more video oh i missed you know my opportunity on social oh i missed not using blogs you know whatever it may be there's just a litany of them you know why do you want to fall into that trap again with something like this and we know what's coming like you said all the new features, uh, like, such as the uh, the inventory feed. So even more so, have you seen what they've been experimenting within the home and local services arena for, like, plumbers you know, with a guaranteed badge? Yeah, yeah. So perfect, perfect business lesson just in general. Uh, I'll describe it real quick for those that aren't aware. They're putting a guaranteed badge on there, and they're charging the, the, uh, the business $50 a month, Okay. Google said that if they can penetrate about 20% of all of their business customers, all of their Google My Business customers, you know how much money they'll make—about oh. 2.1, 2.2 billion dollars—just yeah. off that little green badge. It's a brilliant move, but what it's doing is it's obviously getting you know, more usage, more loyalty, more greater interaction. And I can tell you by by uh, my own personal experience, I when that rolled out, I actually had to call a plumber. The very it was probably like within a week they started rolling that out, and of course I clicked on the plumber that had that green badge, and yeah, that got sure. my business.
1: Well, and let's not forget that SEM is is on a decline, right? Which is something that has me concerned, um, just overall. But what you know, and Google has recently, like I think last month or the month before that, they made an adjustment to to how they report that information because they're trying to get the, those revenue dollars up. So trust me, they're going to try to find a way to make up for that for that for that money. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And so yeah, so things are going to be coming out, and 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 I, I think it's going to be accelerated. And the people that are bought in and they're doing these things now are going to be ahead. You know what I mean? So. Um, going back to that really quick one last question I have about about that that scenario in particular you know when we talk about um, just information dude like how important is it for us to have you know accurate um, not accurate but because they're, they're you know the, the example is they're both accurate it's just um, you know they're they're for different reasons but how important it is is it to have that, Consistency and information, and here's here's a perfect example. And I I I just last night I sent out an email to all the group because I know to the group because I noticed this this discrepancy, and um, you know it's just fortuitous for me that we're having this conversation. I can pick your brain. So the, I noticed that the GMB phone number and the phone number in the website differs, right? And so I I sent out to the team, and the response was like, hey, well, it's different because we got a tracking number for for. For some of our third parties here, and then we put the regular phone number on the GMB. Shouldn't we have the same number on there? Like, is that not a better practice? Like, you can put that tracking number in your Google My Business. Isn't it better to just have that connection so that that phone number matches?
0: Um, actually, there is the ability to add a second tracking number to the GMB profile now. There's a second line in there. Um, but they've uh, Google has essentially relaxed that old standard, that old standby uh, of having those match. Um, so no, it, it doesn't necessarily. Um, again, there's different ways to to skin that cat with the phone numbers that you use on your website, whether it's a DNI, a dynamically changing number, but that's why Google has responded in kind to have that secondary field as well. So it, it's not as important as it was before. It's not, uh, that inconsistency isn't going to be uh, detrimental to detrimental, what, yeah Yeah. So.
1: So, but you can add the tracking number in there and have two numbers.
0: Yes, you can. There's a second field in the in the profile admin section where you can actually add that. And and again, to your point, they're going to just continue to pile in uh, different, you know, additional items. And again, some, Uh you know, know, they've. I I know, uh, for instance, I just did a blog post on this. We just, I just published it the other day. Um, If you're logged into your email account that Matt that is connected, obviously to your GMB uh account that Matt that obviously has ownership on that gmb profile when you do a search in google of your of your business uh, do a branded search rather um, what you'll now see is a simple preview of the new google my business performance metrics and there is a button that you'll see in the results that's uh, that gives you the access into your gmb profile there's a new button called promote if you click promote there's a new pop-up that comes up there's a whole menu of new items in there. The first one is called Performance. Click Performance. It'll take you into a new pop up that is basically a preview of what's to come in the Insights tab within your Google My Business uh, profile. So, you know how historically they will only give you uh, uh, performance activity on the engagement uh, for last seven days, 30 days, and or I think it's seven, 28 days, and 90 days? Well, now, They've given you an expanded window of up to six months. You can select you know, a two-month period, three-month, four-month, all the way up to six months. You can select one month, and then on top of that, they finally give you year-over-year comparison data. So they're starting to now share more uh, more relevant data and more relevant information, so you can get, again, more accurate on just the year-over-year performance. That's that's a key, uh, a key, uh, you know, key indicator as well, but just that itself, that's another uh, great sign that they've got a lot of really, really cool stuff coming. And I've been speculating for a long time now that you know, ever since the conversations we had at NaDA last year with Google as well, that that's when I first heard about the, um, the inventory feeds possibly showing up. Yeah, within yeah. Gmb. Yeah. Um, but you know, I believe that they'll have more products that they're going to try to monetize within that. Maybe yeah. some type of, you know, they're, they're already doing, they're really pushing obviously the, the local discovery ads. So I think there will be a, you know, some type of um, you know, dotted line you know, re- related cousin type of ad maybe that comes within that. You know, I've even said that, you know, who knows, maybe something crazy enough where you can conquest an ad within somebody else's GMB. Who knows? You know Maybe you can pay enough to block somebody from that. Who knows? Whatever, whatever it is, Google will come up with a pretty cool solution that will allow you to give you, um, you know, the additional presence that you need, again, uh, on different devices, different locations, different intent um you know and different pieces of that i i just think the i I think the opportunity for that one click search is is huge Mm -hmm. and then the last thing i'll touch on to for the for the features i'm sure you've seen it in everybody's gmb profile behind the scenes there is that gmb website it's a link down in that menu yeah yeah i remember seeing that about four years ago or so when we started the other teamwork and so i was like oh this is cool i'll make one up yeah figure it would get indexed and show Well, anybody that's done that quickly realizes that link, that URL they give you doesn't show up. They've throttled that back. So there is no, there's no juice going to it. Well, eventually they're going to do something with it. They'll they'll, they'll gas it up and it'll be shown, you know, probably in a different form, but that was also their attempt to get into obviously being able to sell domain, you know, sell the domain registration. Um, You can buy a domain through that. And it's a great solution for a, a smaller business that does have a location that needs a web presence, you know, so they're baking a lot of things into that. So who knows what direction will go in, but to just know that there is a ton of opportunities for it with different products, different monetization, you know, different targeting, you know, and obviously as well, as I said before, new, uh, new data, you know, there's going to be access to more and more rich data. Mm-hmm. So. Good stuff. yeah
1: no for sure man I love that that's I, I learned two things um, by asking that question so so thank you man. Um, the other thing I wanted to to it's kind of moving along, but it, it it kind of plays into my service background which which i'm I'm super stoked that that Google did this um, and that was allow a um a service google my business without any impact right so um, I wanted to get your thoughts on that because to me that's probably one of the biggest plays right now. Um, for for um, Google My Business is to be able to have your Google My Business for service separated from sales and then use that to post, right? Post offers and those, those sorts of things. What are you guys seeing in regards to that?
0: Yeah, we're, we're actually, um, you know, first off, you're absolutely spot on. It's a, it's, a, it's a must-have element of it. You know, why rely on just the sales-related type of searches to capture that intent? Um, so, again, to your point, if you're doing it right, obviously, you've got your service. You've got your opportunity for a parts department as well. You can have those pages. Um, if you're a Ford store, you could have a Quickling page as well. There's a lot of them. You know, let's say you've got a, um, a collision shop. You could have a page for that if that's a separate location. That's a yeah. completely separate category, too. Um, there's a lot of them there. I mean, even if it's there, even if there's a standalone location for an insurance agency that a, the, maybe a larger group has again, huge opportunities. Maybe you have a separate, um, used car store too. Now you lump them all in together and I'm sure you've seen it. You know, you've got the link that says located within, and then you get extra links in there. But again, more to your point about just matching the relevancy and being able to capture those, uh, those very, very specific searches. Cause if you... If anybody hasn't done it, just go through your keyword insights, and you'll see. You may not see it on the first page, or maybe even the second. But drill down. There's a ton of pages in there. Just click through to the, you know, to the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and beyond. And you all of a sudden you might see a, a sprinkling of service and parts related pages in there. And if that doesn't, you know, trigger your thought, uh, you know, your thought process to be able to say, hey, you know, maybe we need not only that profile, but obviously everything we just talked about you know optimizing towards the sales profile do the same exact thing for service and parts
1: yeah and again it's 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 one of those things that I'm like why would you not do it if it's available to you and it's another touch point, it's another opportunity for you to get that information out there do it you know what i mean just just do it um i just to me it just doesn't make sense that we're we're not capitalizing on a lot of these things <laughs> um, so, uh, before we leave completely the, the, the conversation about GMBs, I want to talk about one kind of one last element that I don't see a lot of dealers doing it. The ones that have invested the time to optimize and do all that stuff. Great. They have all the information, everything's there. Maybe they're posting regularly, but one thing that seems to be missing a lot is tagging. Mm-hmm. I don't see a lot of that. Why is that important, man? Why is it important for us to tag our GMBs and specific things, phone numbers, websites, that sort of thing? Like, what? what why, is, why does that matter?
0: Why should we be looking into that? Yeah, great question. I'm glad you asked that. And I kind of hinted to it before when we were talking about that high-level organic is up or down, being able to segment it out. Well, how do you do that? Very simply, to your point, making sure that your main website button the menu link or what we call the products and services link. It was named menu, obviously, for the restaurants. Uh, that's the label they give it. But then you have the appointments link. So you got three potential CTAs now. That, right on the front, that, uh, you know most dealers by default, obviously, just have the website button, not tagged. Well, the moment you tag that, add the other two with the tags, and now you go even deeper, like we said, the products section. You can add a ton of products in there. You know, I've taken some dealerships from one untagged CTA to two dozen total new additional CTAs at various points throughout the, uh, the entire profile. Now, uh, even more importantly, I have the ability to see which links are clicked. And it helps me obviously break down my traffic segments and sources to be able to understand this piece of my organic traffic actually came from the GMB. It came from that link and it went to this page. And now I can actually track the conversions, which is a really, you know, a really, really important you know, tie into it because I, now we have the ability through uh, dealer teamwork within our MPOP analytics. We are able to see in our reporting platform the uh, the amount of, again, like I said, the amount of organic traffic that came in through the GMB that clicked on, say, the appointment link or the menu link and how many people actually filled out a form, how many people completed a click to call conversion. And it, again, it just bigger picture, it just ties back into, you know, into into that data and that insights that you need, not only to make sure that you're just hitting your goals and your objectives to be able to you know do the right things on a day to day you know consistent basis, but also to be able to make better decisions. And the one pin, one last point I'll make to that is, if you're paying for you know for obviously for, for you know pay per click traffic uh, through Google, you know, and you're buying your branded name how can you possibly measure the, the amount that you need to spend on your brand if you don't know how much free traffic that you're getting through your gmb oh, and yes. those tags now you just balanced out the other side of that scale and you can make at least a, a better educated guess in terms of hey you know what i'm getting you know x number of hundreds or thousands of uh, visits through you know my google my google my business altogether so
1: see and here's the thing dude here's what's what's crazy about that and um, uh, that's such a such a good statement that you just made right now but you can you can go to your ga and you can do a report on landing pages and you can either customize it or you can use the one that's already in 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 google analytics and you can see that you can actually see you can't do it on all users because it's going to calculate everything you have to drill that down to the campaign Mm -hmm. but you can CPC and then you can break down and you can analyze that traffic and you can see on, on ga like what that what does that look like you know what yeah. I mean because otherwise you don't need to your point like if you don't know what you're getting free maybe you don't need to do CPC maybe your organic traffic is so badass that you don't even need to do it you know what I mean or to the on the other end of the spectrum maybe it's it's terrible right and you need to put a lot more money into CPC because you need to have that exposure you know what I mean
0: yeah. And it's helpful like, just to your point, whether you're in a, a very competitive market, maybe that's where it is extra helpful from knowing how much more you do need to spend. But on top of that, what about the opposite end of the spectrum when you're the only store in a rural area? Yeah. You, know, you start to look at that and you realize, Hey, you know what? Maybe I don't need to pay for my name as much because I don't have any competition whether right. on brand or conquest. So. Yeah.
1: No, I love that dude. That's great. So, um, I wanted to take kind of like the, the the second half of this of this conversation to talk about SEO. And in particular, I want to maybe start by talking more about dealer teamwork and what you guys do because you guys have a pretty cool feature that I was able to demo a few months back. Um, that I really, really liked. It was a specific page with your inventory. It was it was pretty neat. And you know? and it reminds me a lot of the kind of like a middleman strategy almost. Um I mean, not quite because of Lincoln and all that stuff, but but it kind of reminds me of that of that of that setup, and I'd love for us to kind of talk about that. But I think in order to do that effectively, we kind of have to explain a little bit what you guys do and then kind of roll into that.
0: Yeah. So, uh, great question. So, I'll keep it real simple for everybody at home. We created a very simple to use platform that allows dealers to merchandise their vehicles. What does that mean? Basically, putting in your uh, your payments, your your incentives, your offers, your leases, all of that great stuff, and again, going back to our earlier example to try to do that by hand, virtually impossible. Mm-hmm. so that, that's what I was referring to when I said before we're trying to solve the problems that dealers face. So one of the other major problems to your point was we wanted to be able to make really, really good pages that not only uh, ranked well and performed organically, uh, performed well organically uh, for the dealership but also converted. And you know, got the engagement that dealers need, and we all know that making those effective pages are very hard to do. It's time consuming. Um, you know, sometimes they just don't look that good if you, you know, if you don't have a good consistent plan. Um, you know, and they. Unfortunately, it might cost a lot by using different solutions out there. Then you start getting into the fragmented type of approach. You've got too many vendors in the mix. So we just combined that in and made a very simple, very easy to use solution that was powered by very, very intelligent marketing automation that just simply lets that run behind the scenes. Inventory feed comes in, you take that data, pump it back out, put it on your pages, put it in your paid search, put it in your social media, prepare it for email. And then on top of that, link everything together with your Google My Business. That's it in a nutshell. It's a very, very simple approach. And then to your point before, you know, the, the SEO element of that, like I said, those pages are designed simply to show up for, in Google for very, very specific, high intent uh, type of make model searches. For instance, Ford F-150 lease deal. Now, that's a term that's searched, uh, I'm not sure exactly, maybe you know, 8,000 times a month, something like that, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, yeah. but yeah, you, know, you get the point yeah you take any make and model like that and there's you know lease deals lease prices lease offers lease specials finance prices all those any type of content uh, uh, that would support that topic and what i've experienced and again i'd love to hear other people's opinions on that so reach out to me if you have a, an opposing view but i believe that things like ford explorer for sale very very heavily searched term very very competitive uh, at the higher level with a lot of the third party uh, and, and larger sites it is very, very difficult to compete with. And what I found is over time, both the homepage and or the V, the SRPs, rather the vehicle search pages, those pages have a better opportunity if structured properly to rank for the for sale intent terms. And so what I've taken is the approach to take our landing pages to, uh, I don't want those to compete. Now you have competing content. So we structure those and try to optimize more for, like I said before, the least deal, least price type of, or just simply the, the Ford Explorer price type of terms. And believe me, after about 90 days or so, once they're uh, added to the dealer's website on their domain, they're not framed in. It's not a in or anything like that. It's just, you know, it's just the HTML on that, on that page. And it's powered by our platform. Those things rank very, 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 very well.
1: So let's talk about about the back end of this deal, right? Because I want people to really understand uh, how this, you know, why this is why this works. So, um, correct me if I'm wrong. Those are individual landing pages, right? Yes, Which are
0: embedded within the website. Yeah. So our our code is popped onto the website. It just allows our platform to communicate seamlessly behind the scenes, pass the data through, uh, and again, it's it's a URL that's on the domain. It's not a subdomain. It's not a microsite it's on the site on the dealer's website so you may have you know bob smith ford slash you know ford explorer uh lease deals and finance offers in uh city and state there's your there's your perfect url and then everything else from top to bottom metadata you know page title um yeah h1s all the content we've got nice rich content in terms of the questions you know you know what are people searching for when they're searching for a price for a vehicle you know how much is a ford explorer so we've literally got that question on the page and then we've got you know great supporting content that you know that adds to that again all we're trying to do is build relevancy around a single topic we don't focus in on so much how, how well do we rank for an individual term? I can demonstrate to anybody and any of our clients at any time what they rank for, for one specific term. But what we're trying to do is demonstrate that, hey, we've got a topic that we're trying to approach because there's lots of them. There's lease a Ford Explorer, and then there's Ford Explorer leases. There's two different terms. You may rank for different points of it, you know, different points of the spectrum. But if we can get a bulk of those terms to the front page, or or very near that, or especially even even better, help contribute to the GMB type of relevance. Uh, by all means, that's our you know that's the type of approach that we'd like to take. And now that balances it all out, takes it off the dealer's shoulders, and you know absolves them of that responsibility, while you know aiding in their productivity reducing their costs but more importantly giving them more sales opportunities that they need to be able to hit their monthly goals.
1: Yeah, man, and you said something earlier that I want to expand on because, you know, with that with that additional content there, what happens is consumer intent, right? It, mm-hmm. it connects to. Somebody goes on Google, starts to search for these certain terms and it's going to it's going to pull that information up, you know what I mean? And think about how effective the 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 connection is going to be there with the user because they're pulling up information that's relevant to their search right a lot of times when they do let's say that you do populate for the lease deal right but they go onto your website and there's no lease information on there or there's you know what i mean they, they, it, it serves up the, the 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 vdp of that car but it doesn't give them the information that they want
0: you, you said it perfectly that, that was one of the bigger problems that we were trying to solve as well you know when somebody and we always use this as our standing example if somebody's searching for a lease price on a vehicle you know, your job as a marketer is to obviously give them the answer to that question. And if that answer to the question isn't there, you're probably not going to get the click. Now, if it is there, you, you probably will get the click. And if they do get the click, what are they expecting when they click through on that, uh, you know, on that ad? they're expecting the content to remain consistent. And if you just saw, you know, a 279 or a 385 lease, whatever it may be, and you click that, obviously you're waiting for it. Now, if you land on a site that says uh, 0% financing, you know, or 3- 3,500 off MSRP, you know, yes, it's transactional data, but it's not the same as what you just clicked on that ad. It's not the same. And now, you know, There's so many different ways to put it. You know, we like to say that you broke the customer's trust at that point, you know, Mm -hmm. but let's call it what it is. It's a it's a terrible experience. You know, now you're like, oh, great. I was expecting 389. I didn't get that. Now I got to go. How let me go, you know, you might pogo stick back out to the main Google results or start over another search. You know, if the the dealers at the very least that they're if they're lucky at all, maybe they went back into the home page of the website and start rooting around and try to find that. But, you know, even like, like what you said, you go to the specials page and it's just empty. So we wanted to make sure that the dealer never missed that sales opportunity and that's again ties back to the intelligent marketing automation that we put together so it ensures that feed's always coming in yeah, our system's always running through the rate cards and the rate tables to be able to spit out something and even worse how about when you click on a car you saw an ad and then you get to the site and it's you know it's there or and it's sold well that's that's another you know downfall of the experience so Tying all these things together are so crucial. And there's, you know, then you have the whole other, the whole other end of the spectrum with regards to accuracy for compliance. You know, that has to be taken care of. And so we've rolled that in as well. So you're hitting on so many different levels of it, you know, to be able to consolidate everything into a nice, simple to use all in one type of platform. It does exactly what the dealer needs. And it's, again, it's, it's different for everybody. You know, that everybody's process is different. You know, some dealers are really, really hell bent on having their uh, their content pushed to their emails and they have consistent plans for it. Well, our system will do that. Prepare the content for you. Not all of them use it, you know, but again, it's available for it. If you have a, you know, if you have a, a consolidated system, we can handle that for you. Right on, man.
1: So let me ask you this question. Well, excuse me. Let me ask you this question because as you were talking, it came to mind and I definitely want to, want to bring it up. So when it comes to SEO, right. In, um, kind of in the state that we are now, because I don't think we're post anything yet. Um, how, how, Should we be thinking about um, uh, different terminology, different keywords? I mean, you know, like things that are maybe COVID related. I mean, should we be thinking about those sorts of things? Is that something that we should invest time on? Um, Maybe not so much COVID in itself, but maybe the things that are different, right? Buy online and, um, you know, for service would be like drop-off, pick-off, hands-free, hands-off sort of a deal. Um, what are your thoughts on that, man, for, for maybe the next six months? You know what I mean? Because I feel like we're, we're going to go into next year at this point with, with all these things kind of still, um, unresolved, you know?
0: Yeah. Excellent question. I think if you approach it like with any other topic, um, you know, think back, what was the trend, you know, when when the blogging started really coming about and people were like, oh, I'm going to make posts about how to sync my, uh, you know, my Bluetooth to my, uh, you know, to my uh, infotainment center. Yeah. You know, people were searching for topics like that. And of course, everybody ran with it and people that stayed with it consistently and you know published good accurate content and structured it properly had links had call to actions uh you know and did it right like that what happened those those pages ranked for it and some dealers even noticed incredible surges in traffic you know from all over the country it may not have been uh you know equating to sales opportunities but the point still remains that those are opportunities to drive traffic well Take that same approach to your, you know, to your topic, uh, you know, whether it's drop off in delivery terms or, you know, safe delivery, whatever they may be. Do a little research. We all know the tools that are available for that and be able to understand what that behavior is. And then lastly, just apply it to your own dealership experience. If it's something that is a new topic, you know, think of, let's go back to our original example. You got a content box in Google My Business. Well, guess what? All the dealers now have a new content box, essentially, that they're talking about their, their, you know, their health policies or their cleaning policies or their sanitation policy, whatever they may be. There's new talk tracks that dealers are using. Well, why isn't that filled in into the website? A lot of dealers did the right thing in making a video saying, you know, everybody is you know, concerned about your health and wellness and all that good stuff. Well, you know, now what was the next phase of that? Digital retailing. And then finally, dealers, to your point, too, they started realizing, hey, you know what? We probably should put a video on the homepage that at least talks about what this new widget is because it took about a year two years for dealers to realize you couldn't just put uh, a round peg you know into a square hole you know and call it a new solution and call it shopping you know call it digital retailing or whatever they call it so you know the the point is they you need to be able to you know talk about it you know teach your clients teach your customers but also at the same time be able to create some relevant signals for Google and the search engines to be able to read it and understand it, so if somebody in your market does show it, you know does show a, 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 a desire for that, you can show up for those. So, you know, you're spot on with your thinking with that. You have to you have to take into consideration what your current experience is and just apply it to a, a tactic like that.
1: Blogging? Do you do you think that's still, that's still something effective for car for dealers to do on their website?
0: it's harder for car dealers in my opinion um yeah you can do you can do much more with it if you're using video you know there's the uh, there's the uh the old you know, old school tactic of it's relatively old school now in terms of do a video with it and then just write out what the transcript is you know you can just there's so many different services for that but you know or at least use you know, obviously captions on your video but even just being able to print out and write out rather the uh, and include the, the actual transcript of the video. You now, obviously, if you got a 30 minute video, you don't need the whole transcript on there um, but, or at least the snippets of it. But I think there's opportunities to be able to leverage that, too. And even even more so, if you really want to get into the, the right tactical uh, you know, usage of a longer form video. You know, I've, I've seen so many different examples where one 50 to 60 minute video. You know, even for something like this, for yourself, this video itself could be cut down into probably ten different ten-minute snippets. You got mm-hmm. maybe twenty different five-minute snippets, and then you probably got another thirty uh, alone that are just maybe one minute, two minute alone, a little sound bites like that. You know, yep. I think Gary Vee's been a a big proponent of it for a while as well. That you know, he's putting he's on this kick where to you do, you do what, well, like sixty pieces of content today. Yeah, and you know, and. It's really not that hard when you have, I mean, you know, exactly like I said, we, we've been doing it ourselves. Uh, I don't know, man, I added everything myself. So it's, uh, it's in really that hard. Case, <laughs> it is hard. But if you, obviously if you're Gary Vee and you got a team, I'm fortunate, uh, a little bit more fortunate. I've got ai got two amazing people that help with our marketing department at Dealer Teamwork. And we do a lot of video work as well. You know, we do rely on the videos, but we start on a high level. You know, So if you're creating a topic, you know, content around a topic, and you start with that long form video, just chunk it down, you know, and we've done it ourselves. We've, we've created, say for instance, you know, 23 additional marketing pieces off of one. But again, it's not just about hitting from an SEO organic standpoint. That's one factor of it. And now it's more about, you know, more content forms, more devices, more channels, and then being able to tie it all back to one consistent, um, you know, one consistent and relevant theme.
1: Yeah, I know. I love that. That, 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 yeah, I, I, I'm a believer in that. I agree. I mean, it is time consuming if you're doing it as an individual, but as a company, as a dealership where you have multiple people that you can get on it, on that project, like it's totally worth it.
0: Um, I'd love to. I'd love to throw a challenge out for a, you know for a GM to just be able to say, hey, you know what, we're going to have a portion of our activity. We're going to kind of function as a media team. You know, I got 20 different salespeople. I got two people, three people that are great writers. I got a couple of people that are awesome on camera, and I got a couple, I got a, a kid over here that's a wizard at editing. You know, now you got. You got an organic media team basically at your disposal. Carve out a little bit of time for each of them, make some videos, make some posts, make some social stuff, and then feed that to your marketing team. You know, that's the way I would run it if I was a GM as well. It's hard. That's
1: the future, in my opinion, man. You got your own team. You should have a videographer, photographer, sort of one role, somebody that does social media posting and replies to comments, does all that stuff a web developer to come up with landing pages, that sort of thing. And then a, a, a copywriter, somebody that's going to write oh, so yeah, you gonna write content for you. So if you have all those elements and you have somebody kind of strategically um, organizing that, dude, you're, that's going to be, you're going to be, you're going to grow. Yeah. <laughs> Especially right now, because nobody's doing it, dude. But the future is everybody's going to, that's going to be the deal. That's, there's going to be no other way. Because think about it, dude, social media is, is the TV of now. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's kind of like when radio transitioned from radio to TV, and now TVs transitioned to this. And so, you know, you're your own editor, your own content producer. If you're not on them, you're, you're, you're just not on. So uh,
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: Thank you so much, dude, for doing this. I really appreciate it. This has been amazing. Um, there is one question that I ask everybody that comes on the show, and that question is, where do you see the automotive industry headed in the next five years and why?
0: Uh, great question. Um, real simple. I'll give you a simple sound bites on that. Um, less stores, less reliance on the physical uh, showroom, um, a, a much better uh, solution for digital retailing. I think it will unfortunately have to involve a, a lot of legislation to allow for all the states to be consistent with, uh, with the full process being able to handle online. You know, like you're in New York, you can't, you can't buy a car online with uh, fully. You need to have, the, obviously, the wet signature. But things like that will change. Um, uh, we'll probably wind up seeing something major happen with uh, a platform like Amazon. Uh, Google will maybe will finally uh, you know, crack their code of it uh, again with the introduction of the inventory into Google My Business. Um, but we'll see something huge at the level of either CarMax or Carvana, uh, either you know, merging, getting acquired, things like that, and then really, really streamlining that approach. And then we'll see a continuation uh, and hopefully... Ah, uh, we'll see a massive continuation obviously with the EV market. and then we'll probably wind up seeing a change in that business model as well, where we'll finally see individual dealerships um, with a you know, more of like a uh, you know like a, a a quick stop and shop type of thing, like a kind of like what they do with their showrooms, but actually um, you know have it be like a franchise model as well. And then you'll see some type of, uh, you know, continued, um, you know, continued type of uh, consolidation amongst the bigger brands as well. And just leveraging both the, uh, the retailing, the online retailing, and probably, uh, you know, obviously more of a, like I said before, the, the EV, uh, the EV push. That's what I see. Right on,
1: man. Yeah, no, I, I, I align with a lot of those thoughts. I think I love the, the, the concept of, um, just evolution and change right now, because before when I started the podcast, I, that, that was a question of my selfish question for myself. But I think now with COVID and everything, it's, it's, dude, it's exciting, man, because I think everything's so accelerated right now.
0: So. Um, yeah, I read a great article that said, we've seen basically 10 years of, uh, of, of accelerated you know, progress jammed into about nine months so far. And yeah, so, right. so that, right. that's going to end. So.
1: Hey, man, before we go. So I know that was the last question, but let me ask you one more, because I am noticing a little bit of a decline right now. I'm not. I'm not concerned, concerned, but I am a little at alert, like I said in the beginning, Mm -hmm. just with with, uh, the you know, um, it seems like there's there's a little bit of market contractions and, um, uh, you know, day supplies are, are seem to be going high. Um, supply seems to be there, but demand seems to be um, shortening for lack of a better word. Um, Are you guys starting to see anything in in that realm as far as activity wise?
0: Yeah, we're starting to see that uh, at different points, different brands, uh, different locations as well. But again, um, a lot of it is to be expected Um, and those dealers that are being proactive, obviously in their ability to be able to respond to uh, the current environment, obviously so much going on besides COVID, you know, between the election, uh, economic impacts, um, and then just, uh, just uncertainty across the board. And then until the OEMs are back to full production, or at least, you know, you know, get back up and running and dealers start to receive some, you know, at full levels, you know, a lot of dealers are still waiting for inventory. So it's got a lot of stuff like that going on. So, uh, that's going to impact a lot of the the decisions that dealers make, but, you know, I think we, I think it's expected. I don't, if anybody is shocked for, you know, for the change that's happening, that's, um, you know, that would be more alarming for me, I, I think. But most dealers are, are understanding the reasons behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they, if they're not responding in kind with regards to the tactics that they use and the strategies yeah. they employing, uh, again, there's a disconnect there and that, that has mm-hmm. to be, um, you know, that has to be part of the mix, and that's why we're you know proud to help a lot of the dealers that we help in terms of being true partners in that regard, and not just there to sell them a product. You know, for the sake of making money, um, you know, there's a there's a bigger uh, there's a much bigger uh, purpose there that that uh, we're trying to help. Right on, man,
1: dude. Thank you so much for doing this. I appreciate it. I appreciate your time. This was a great conversation. Very excited that to share.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much.
1: Um, we're gonna put all your information in the show notes. So if you guys want to connect with Uh, with Eric, please go to the show notes. Information is going to be there. I would highly, highly suggest that you do a demo, check out what these guys have to offer. Listen, I'm not for or against anything on the show here. I did a demo myself. I liked it um, enough to invite them to come on the show and I'm actually considering it and, and, uh, you know, my own effort. So hopefully you and I can team up here um, shortly and and collaborate. Uh, So, um, you know, do a demo check it out i think there's a lot there that that for a lot of dealers there's there's value so anyway dude thank you so much that's all the time we have for today everybody um, and as usual we'll talk later
0: we only host the well-respected the vendor lexus nexus we don't sell digital marketing what you do we inspected with our dt vendor management solutions we i in like the EPA to clear out the pollution, save the trash. Keep your P&L clean, your inventory loom.
2: From product pitches, meetings, to cost negotiations, your vendors have you swamped. You have cars to sell, but most of your time goes in managing your vendor relationships. Wouldn't it help to have someone navigate the way ahead? Enter Dealer Talk Vendor Management Solutions. A filter between you and your vendor so you only have to deal with what's most important. We inspect your digital data to get optimum results for your money. Here's what we do. Give you an accurate idea of what's working and what's not for every digital service. Get vendors to submit monthly highlights, lowlights, and recommendations. Sift through their data to give you those metrics that matter. Evaluate all package, content or cost changes and product pitches. Do monthly marketing budget analysis to ensure better ROIs. Finally, we give you concise reports and monthly videos with actionable insights. Now you can focus on what really matters, selling cars. Contact us today and your first 30 days are free. Let's build your business together.